This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. That's right. Taz the Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Uh, get mortgage. Uh, the life of the party. Mike and Pete across the way, other side at the controls. Bogish is filling in for Taz, who's off here on this Tuesday morning. He's got updates as well as we go right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. Remember, radio.com, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Download Taz and the Moose each and every single day. And we appreciate all the love and support. A lot to get to in this third and final hour. We get kicked it off. Here we go, the three. It is now time for The Three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. LeBron James under fire after latest comments regarding Daryl Morey. Yes, or Daryl Morey. Well, that's an interesting side note, Moose, yeah. because... Is it Morey? That's, this is where we are now, because Adam Silver said Morey last week when he was discussing this, and then LeBron said it last night, so... After all of the important conversations, I need to know the correct way to I've been say Daryl Morey for forever. Forever, I've all that's the only way I've heard it pronounced is Daryl Morey. And now and all then, of a sudden, the commissioner and the king are making him out to be an eel. Daryl Morey. I've never heard. I, I when I'm when LeBron pronounced, I was like, oh, I was just a mispronunciation here yeah. all the time. Nope. Not that big of a deal. Nope. Adam Silver did it too. Um, if you missed it, so I mean, if you, I would say early evening West Coast. Right around, I would say, you know, late second quarter of the Monday night football game. Uh, The Nats had already taken control of game three of the NLCS. Uh, LeBron met with the media. Video came out of LeBron addressing Daryl Morey, China, Hong Kong. That scenario, if you missed it, here you go. Um, Sit back and learn from the situation that happened. Uh, Understand that what you could tweet or could say. Um, and we always talk, we, we all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen um, when you're not thinking about others and only, or you're only thinking about yourself. So um, I don't believe, um, I don't want to get into a, a word a, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand. And, um, and he spoke. And uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech. But there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that, too. Last question, please. Uh, last question. That's just my belief. I don't know. That's my belief. Um, I can believe anything. <laughs> um, that's all I can say. I, I believe he was either misinformed or not really educated on the situation. Um, and if he was, um, then then so be it. Um, but I have no idea, but that's just my belief. Um, because just when you um, when you say things or do things, um, if you're doing it um, and you know the people that can be affected by it, um, 
and and the, the families and the individuals and everyone that can be affected by it. Sometimes things can be um, um, can be changed as well. And also sometimes uh, social media is not always the the proper way to go about things as well. Um, so, um, but that's just my belief. Well, I mean, you can believe anything. Number one, Daryl Morey went to MIT, uh, Massachusetts, which is pretty good school. I mean, number one, so he's not a moron. Uh, you know, it's not like the, you know, a country bumpkin walking into the, you know, the town five and dime, making a bold statement that the earth is flat and walking out. I mean, you know, this is a scenario here where, you know, LeBron James, number one, when he says, you know, you, you know, you can't be thinking about yourself. Isn't in essence what LeBron James said last night, thinking about himself? And not thinking about, is he really thinking about those over, you know, the protesters over in Hong Kong? Is he not thinking about his brand and his finances and the money and the popularity of the association and basketball over in Asia and China specifically? I mean, he he clearly is thinking about himself, and that's fine. But then you come out and you try and clarify the statement saying, well, Daryl Morey was misinformed about sending the tweet and the timing of sending the tweet because basketball players and teams were going over to China to play preseason basketball. I mean, that's what he was misinformed about? Not the topic at hand? Which makes no sense. And if his point is that Daryl Morey um, needs needs to be aware of what can happen in a place when he tweets about that place, then maybe NBA players shouldn't be in that place to begin with. Agreed. Right? I mean, if it's, if it's that quick to ignite and there'd be that much anger over something that here in this country, you know, we're, we're allowed to do and allowed to say, then maybe that's something you should be concerned with. That maybe that's not the place to be. Or maybe you should voice your concerns about that situation to them or the people that run your enterprise that puts you in that place to begin with. Because it just, this was such a terrible statement from LeBron, who normally is emotional in a good way and leads him to a place where he's trying to be helpful and trying to get people to discuss important topics. And he just he just destroyed this answer last night, oh, and just, I didn't just, see it coming. Well, and, and Andrew, uh, you can get into the context of what he said, and you can poke fun. I don't know what the context of what he said is because but, he keeps going back, doubling back on and correcting himself well, and I'm not going, correcting I'm himself. I'm going back on his initial statement. If, I, if, if I'm going to – and you can pick it apart, right? It's nonsense. I mean, what LeBron had to say last night was complete and utter nonsense. And then when he tried to clarify it and said, let me clear up the confusion, he confused the situation even more, right? So if I'm trying to clear something up, the confusion, he said, she said scenario, I shouldn't walk in and then all of a sudden say something else or tweet something out that basically, what the hell are you talking about? That makes little to no sense. And then basically hop into bed and, and call it a Monday night. I mean, the very fact is, is that they had a week LeBron and his team had a week to think about this. And he knew he was going to get asked about it. And to address the media, he would have been better served just saying no comment. He would have been better served just regurgitating this second statement from Adam Silver. He would have been better served by that. What he came out with, they actually thought this was a good message. Yes, LeBron, let's stay on point. This is the point you want to hit home. These are the things. Let's put this out there. We'll be good to go. That'll cut the story off at the knees. I think he would have been better off Moose coming out, trying to have a a conversation about the validity of Daryl Morey's beliefs on Hong Kong and China. Like, he would have been better off coming out and saying that he agrees with China's decision to try 
and extradite these 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 alleged criminals and political prisoners out of Hong Kong. Like if you try to get into a real debate about the situation, because even then we could we could say he's wrong or insensitive or misguided, yeah. but like it, it doesn't it wouldn't cut back at at least in my mind, it cuts back at what the fights he's had to fight here when he's talked about. Trayvon Martin and gun control and and Black Lives Matter, whatever it may be, when people have told him to shut up because he's just a basketball player, he told Daryl Moore to shut up yesterday. And I, I just, I don't, it can't go in both directions. He can't be defended from people who tell him to shut up while telling Daryl Morey that he should have shut up or at least kept his quiet for another week or so. Oh, uh, don't disagree. Right. That's the other thing. Right. Sent the tweet out when we're at, when we're back home, right. uh, when we're not over in China. And listen, I mean, I don't know how you're spiritually affected, but here's the other thing. You can't tell me that you're missing, that someone is misinformed and then asked why. And you say, I don't know. I mean, you, right. that that doesn't work. Two I mean, plus two is not four. What do you right. mean? It's just my belief. This is huh? not the first grade. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking to one of my my four year old son asking about why he decided to try and flush one of his toys down the toilet and says I don't know and runs out of the room. I mean, you know, this is a scenario here where <laughs> I'm rubber. You're if, glue. If, right. If you're gonna tell me someone's misinformed about something. Tell me why they're misinformed. You gotta. You gotta. It's required. And, and that is it, especially when you are as influential as he is. And you're exactly right, Andrew. You can't be like, I'm more than an athlete. I'm not staying in my lane. I'm gonna. And he's done a lot of good. I'm not telling you that LeBron James hasn't, and it hasn't been all smoke. There's been a, a LeBron James has affected a lot of people's lives in the positive and has brought about real and tangible change in this country, whether it be the school in Akron, you know, what the stuff he's doing with the NCAA. That's what makes the comments last night so mind-bogglingly dumb. Because you say to yourself, all right, if you're gonna be more than just an athlete, that's fine. If you're gonna use your influence, that's fine. But then you can't come out and give me that. What you said last night, because it affects your view, because there are going to be people who look at LeBron James differently for the rest of his life. Right. And I don't think we mentioned this back in the first hour, but, you know, the things that he says or has said in the past about our issues here in America, I mean, those are those are dangerous things to say because it does, you know, it creates quote unquote enemies. It, it, it has people not be your fan, it has people maybe not buy your jersey, not buy your sneakers. Um so like he's he's fought this fight. Like he has said things knowing that there'd be blowback, that there'd be negative reaction to this, that it could hurt the Cavaliers or the Heat or the NBA or LeBron Inc. But he still has said them because he believed in them. Correct. And now he wants Daryl Morey to not say things that could have a negative impact. Right. It just it just it doesn't it doesn't well, line come up across correctly. as a phony. Right. I mean, and, I- and it's one thing to think that. He could have thought that in his basement. Like, he could sit in his house right now and be destroying Daryl Morey Absolutely. for the last seven days. But to bring that outside and tell us that and not do it clear, clearly, at least, as if he's at least practiced this speech and these answers, which you'd have to think he did. You have to think that they talked about this. And then he just, his performance, regardless of what the, you know, the substance of his words, just his performance last night was terrible. Scattered, and consistent contradicting himself it was just a mess well and it's interesting you know because you know i often think about you know when we were growing up and for the millennials that are listening to this this morning you don't remember right michael jordan never said anything about anything 
Right. I mean, right. and specifically said Republicans buy sneakers too. Right. Famously said that. Correct. So he never he never said anything about anything. You know, he was not taking a political stance. He was not going out there. You know, Michael Jordan thought about the almighty dollar. Right. I mean, and, Derek, Derek Jeter here in New York, we know nothing about Derek nothing. Jeter after two Mike, decades of him being a star. Derek Jeter said nothing about nothing. Yep. He would not say anything. Now, LeBron James has chosen a different path, and it's been great. But if you're going to choose that path, and you're going to do that, then when you are asked about everything going on and you've been educated about the NCAA, when you've been educated about, you know, Trayvon Martin, when you've been educated about all these other things, and you've had a week to think about this, when everyone clearly could see the NBA is running scared from China because of money. And LeBron James acted like he was, he saw it firsthand experience. He's like, oh my God, look at what's transpiring here after Daryl Morey sent out a tweet about Hong Kong. Look, they're tearing down the banners off of walls. I mean, they're sandblasting the floor to get the sponsorships off the floor because they want nothing to do with us. You think you think LeBron James then is going to come out and support Daryl Morey? No, he's thinking about the almighty dollar, and that's fine, and LeBron's a businessman. But then, then, then he has every right to be criticized for the statement he comes out with as well. Yep. He, right. can't, he can't be safe from one and lead the charge in the other. No. Next. Number two. Packers win a controversial 23-22 game versus the Lions on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and it's controversial because of the penalties. I mean, two, you know, so here you go. The Lions lose another one. If you're a Lion fan, God bless. You're leading the game in Lambeau 13-0. You have a 22-13 lead in the fourth quarter. As Bogus and I kicked off the 7 o'clock hour this morning breaking down this show, Andrew made a good point in terms of the Lions left too many points on the field. They've got, they can't settle for field goals on the road. They've got to punch those in. If they do, we're not talking about this. But Also, we didn't mention the 12 men on the field penalty that turned the Packer field goal into a touchdown. That's true. And I love the, I love the Lion player that is counting the guys on the field when they get called for 12 men on the field. There's actually a still shot, and you see him using his hand counting yeah. the players, and there's 12 guys on the field. That's almost comical. <laughs> but, well, it is comical. It'd be great if he got to himself and was like, 12. Right. No, he probably... Crap. Right, imagine if he counted the guys across 11. We're good to go. Yeah. Forgot to count them. <laughs> That'd be something I'd do. Be like, oh, we're good to go. Who's the 12th guy? You, you. are, you idiot. <laughs> you. Anyway. I, I believe not. Uh, so, 22-13 lead, fourth quarter. Third and 10 play. Uh, Rodgers gets sacked about the 10-and-a-half-minute mark of that fourth quarter. Um, uh, you get a legal hands to the face called on Trey Flowers. Drive continues, ends up being a touchdown, 22-20 lead for the Lions. Then Lions have the football, uh, a pass from uh, from uh, Matthew Stafford to, who was it, Kenny Galladay, uh, clearly yeah. interfered with, no interference called. The Lions end up punting. Packers get the ball back. They're all looking to try and get, uh, attempt a game-winning field goal, run out the clock. Third and six, third and seven. Inside the Lions, 20. Incomplete pass by Rodgers. Another hands-to-the-face penalty on Trey Flowers. They're able to run out the clock um, and, and kick the game-winning 23-yard field goal as time expired for Mason Crosby. And for the Lions... You know, they have nobody else to blame but themselves. They should have scored more points. They had command of this football game. The penalties, although, are going to draw a lot of highlights because those were two terrible calls on Trey. Three terrible, one non-call, two terrible calls on Trey Flowers. And it's not excuse-making to point out that they left points on the field and could have had themselves in a spot where they weren't victimized by the officials. And it doesn't take away from the officials messing things up. They can't get those calls wrong. 
all of those things are correct. The Lions didn't have to find themselves only up by nine points in the fourth quarter. And if they had done a few things better better earlier in the game, then a flag here or there or not one being thrown doesn't affect presumably the outcome of that game last night. Uh, here is uh, Matt Patricia on those penalties. Take a listen. Can't have those penalties, you know, whatever it was that uh, that caused those to take place. Um, so we're going to go back, take a look at it, make sure we're coaching it better, make sure we're doing the right things, and, um, you know, just can't have them. We know how dangerous they are and how, you know, uh, detrimental those penalties are. Yeah, Trey Flowers, what says you? I was uh, working a move, and, uh, yeah, uh, they saw something different than what actually happened, and they called with it thought they saw so yeah it happens one time in a game that's one thing the exact same thing happens again what was your exchange with the referee at that point uh i actually changed the position of my hand because it was to the chest initially which is right here i was doing it all game uh i didn't know that was a flag to the chest so I could change it to right here. And, uh, he caught it again. Yeah, there you have it. That's Trey Flowers, who was, as Pesegula pointed out, because this is what makes him great. Uh, everyone was either showering or changed at that point. Flowers was still sitting in his uni. Yeah, I got that. It was browbeaten into me as well. Yeah. He's, he's still in his uniform. His he, full pads, just sitting there, yeah. just stewing. <laughs> That's the guys I want on my team. Next on Basketball Drugs. Here's, here's Matt LaFleur, who is uh, kind of at a loss. I mean, he was as stunned as everybody else that the <laughs> Packers won. That was uh, uh, just a tough four-quarter battle against the North opponent that we knew we knew they were going to be a, a, a tough challenge. And things didn't go our way, obviously, early. But I think it speaks a lot to the character that we have in that locker room for our guys sticking together. We talk about never blinking, um, and they fought. And I was so proud of the effort. Yeah, he should be. Uh, and the Packers are a team that's shown you a little bit of grit. Now, they uh, nice back-to-back wins. And last night, a little miraculous at home, and certainly they've got some things to clean up. Number three. Nationals crushed the Cardinals 8-1. to one. Oh. one win away from the World Series. Yes, uh, to the chagrin of every Met fan having to watch the Curly W. They're going to make it to the full classic. They're winning one of the next four games. I'll be I'll be honest, Moose. Um, the Braves and the Phillies are much higher on my hate list oh, than really? the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, Nats don't bother you as much. Well, two things. I mean, they're, they're, they're newer. And the Phillies and the Braves, that's entrenched dislike. Okay. And I actually... If the Nats weren't the Nats in a vacuum, I'd like this team. They're a good team. We talked about. It. I yeah. love this team. Right. I, you know, I'm ruining my rear end off for them. I, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't go that far. I, I like them. I mean, I, you know, I, I think I, I liked them against the Dodgers. I liked them in this Cardinals series. I like this Nat team. I agree with you. So right now, Braves. Let's go around the room. Braves, Phillies, Nats. Where you rank them as most hated for Met fans? Braves, Phillies, Nats. Uh, Braves, that's the all-time. Braves, then Phillies, Phillies, then the Nats. And actually, the Cardinals would probably jump ahead of the the Nats, too. That's old-school 80s Mets hate, where I learned to love the Mets. All right, but if we stay within the division, Braves, Phillies, Nats. Yeah. All right, Pete, what do you say? Uh, Braves, Phillies, Nats, yeah. Oh, same thing. Yeah, I'm on board, too. Oh, you guys are all in agreement. Everyone hates Atlanta. Hates them. Hates them. How can you not? Late 90s, they'll get you, man. 
But, and the problem, you know what sucks with the whole thing? when I grew thing? up liking baseball, and that's what got me. They're all great guys. Bobby Cox, Chipper Jones, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox. Like, you wish one of them was a jerk. John to, Rocker. To let, well, okay, there's, oh, there's John the Rocker. Jerk. But, I mean, like, really, the, like, the, all, like, the, the long-standing Braves, they're all good guys, which makes you hate them even more. I mean, Chipper Jones named his daughter Shay because he destroyed Shea Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and, he, you know, uh, Pat Burrell should have named the kid uh, after Shea as well. Pat always destroyed the Mets. Pat Burrell could be in, like, a one-for-80 slump. Whenever he saw that Met uniform out at Shea Stadium, he hit bomb after bomb Pat after Burrell bomb. in jail or anything yet? Maybe, like, a pyramid skinny no, ram or anything? No. You know? So the Nats are rolling something right stupid now. about China? Anything dumb? How no? about if you're the Cardinals? I mean, after after their manager um, and Mike Schilt gave that uh, impassioned, you know, F-bomb-laden message to his team after they beat the Braves <laughs> in Game 5 down in Atlanta. Do we still I know, mean, not know what they he was talking about? They basically stopped hitting. Yeah. Uh, they haven't hit anything. I mean, they didn't hit last night. They lose the game 8-1. You know, they got no hit for seven-plus innings in uh, in game one against Annabelle Sanchez. And then in game two, uh, you know, Max Scherzer takes a no-hitter into the seventh as well. I mean, they have not hit at all in the Nats. Everything's coming up natty. I mean, Howie, Howie Kendrick had more RBIs last night than the Cardinals have in the series. That's amazing. Think about that for a second. The great Howie Kendrick, who had the Grand Slam game-winning 10th inning home run against the Dodgers. Game three, ALCS gets going this afternoon. Yankees and Astros. Cole on the mound. Severino on the mound for the Yankees. Cole for the Strohs. Uh, I think the Astros win this afternoon. I don't think Cole's going to One can only stopped. hope. What do you think, Bogus? You think well, I told, or Yankees I told you this uh, in the break. As the Yankee hater, petty Yankee hater that I am, I'm completely prepared for Garrett Cole to get rampage today in the Bronx because at some point, someone's got to hit him, you'd think. So, of course, the universe would allow it to be the Yankees today. Now, that being said, this has been a season unlike any others when it comes to the universe trying to keep the Yankees down, Moose. Injury after injury after injury. Guys getting hurt while they're rehabbing an initial injury. The universe has done everything to make the Yankees not succeed this year. Yet they keep succeeding. Although there have been signs to the other direction, I would have bet you money that after Gary Sanchez swung and missed and didn't foul tip that ball, that he's going to get a hit. And they would have won him it up 2 nothing. But somehow he, he struck out, well, and then the Sanchez very next pitch, a home run. Yes. Game over. So Game maybe over. we're going in the right direction here, but we'll see after Garrett Cole today. I like Cole today. I'm a Yankee fan. I think the Strohs won. Now, I think I, they take a 2 1 series. Can, we, can I ask Moose a question? I don't have a rundown in front of me. I'm yeah. going to ignore it like Taz normally would. I don't want to kill any timing issue no. here but what if, if he's angry we gotta go to course play. if there is no game for tomorrow because of the rain yeah is that good news or bad news for your yankees uh, i think it would be uh i think it would be bad news for the yankees because of how they use the bullpen could you take the day off away take the day off away on friday so then you would have games then on thursday friday saturday sunday that Friday game would probably, we were talking about before the show, that might be a 4, 5, or 6 o'clock start to give you travel time to then play the game on Saturday night, Sunday night. Uh, I think it would hurt the Yankees because of, of the use of the bullpen and not having a day off uh, in between Game 5 and Game 6 if we get there. I, I, unless my math is off, no matter what, they're going to need to do a, ga- a, bull, a bullpen they game. Are. Would you do it right away on 
Thursday to get it out of the way, or would you start again with Tanaka on regular rest and the new game four on Thursday? Uh, I would start, I would go with a bullpen game in game four. So you close with Tanaka, Paxton, Severino if necessary. That's what I would do. I think that's how I'd do it too, but if you're down 2-1. Then it could change that. I think you have to start Tanaka. Then if you're down 2-1, then that that could conceivably change it. You're right about that, to where then you roll back Tanaka in game four. But then the scenario is then you've got to bullpen the game in game five. Well, and, and, and like then we're back. Because to, you're not going to bullpen a game down in Houston. That's the thing. I think you want to give yourself time to recover from a bullpen game if you, lo- you know, in case you lose it. And you don't want to do that in Houston. So I think the bullpen game's got to be game four or game five. Agreed. We're in agreement. We'll see what happens this afternoon. A little afternoon baseball. It's Taz of the Moose. So there you have it. Your three big storylines here on this Tuesday morning. We'll come back. Number to call, 855-212-4227. Undercard coming your way later on this hour. It's Taz Moose. Bogus in the house. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Sunday, the NFL on CBS is at Lambeau Field with the Packers hosting the Raiders, plus a key AFC South clash between the Houston uh, between Houston and Indianapolis. It all begins with JB and the guys getting it ready for all the action on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, only on CBS. The other thing you take away with baseball is not breaking down the games is this, is as Rob Manfred basically all year long was like, well, is here no evil? So, you, know, you know, whether it be the pill is a little off center, you know, they <laughs> broke down the baseball and said, we're still using the same materials. Remember, they had the, uh, the less drag on the baseball. It's right. oscillating more in the air. That's why it's carrying. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, though, Bogus. They figure out a way to deaden that baseball here in October because the way the ball was flying out in the regular season, there have been some balls that have been hit. In these series so far, divisional and championship series that would would been like eight and ten rows deep in the regular season, and they're dying on the warning track, if not before that. So they figured out right quick to figure out that baseball here in October. They might have originated uh, the LeBron defense that we saw last night. I think at one point they said the ball is not traveling farther. Right? How can you you know? How do you believe that? It's just my belief. But here's numbers that say, nope, it is my belief that the ball is not going farther than it normally is. Um, here's your pseudo-conspiracy theory from the caller earlier on about the league kind of dictating how games play. Now, this is not a top-down instruction to an official or an umpire to change the trajectory of a game. But here is absolutely, once again, Major League Baseball. Affecting the game. Affecting the game. And, and, and while I would prefer the game to be played the way it's currently being played, it's nonsense that they changed it mid-season after we everyone got here because they hit a you-know-what ton of home runs. Now you can't get one over the fence. And well, how do you? They're do not even that? admitting it. I don't know. And, and, you science. Know, and listen, I and you know, for those that happen to partake in gambling, where it's you're math bet, moves. Well, you're betting overs and overs and overs in Major League Baseball, <laughs> right. and then all of a sudden, what you've watched all season long, they've changed the baseball to now. And I get the pitching is a lot better, but I mean, to where now you change the baseball, and guys have admitted the baseball's got a little bit of a different feel to it. So. 
uh, you know, now you've changed the baseball here in the postseason where you're not getting the prodigious amount of home runs that you did in the regular season, which is absolute. So I guess they're scientists and all the polls and, and everything. I guess they finally figured out what was wrong with the baseball. Yeah. Eureka! Some nerdy dude comes running out of an office in, on Park Avenue. I right. figured it out. I, I found Reset it. the baseball. I found it. Perfect timing. Give us the new batch for October. We're going to set the world on fire. You think those – now Now basically you'd have to hit the ball like your Babe Ruth to drive it over the fence. I mean, imagine how far Judge's home run in game two would have went with the old ball. I mean, oh that my was God. smokes to right center field. That would have went 700 feet. I know. You're right about that. You're absolutely right. So the ball clearly has been changed here for Major League Baseball in October, and that's fine. I mean, everyone's right. playing with the same baseball, but – I do like this game more than what we saw in the regular season where you're having games in which there were like four or five home runs hit each and every game. I don't need to see that. I I like the home run, but I also don't want to minimize its impact because everybody and their mother, when guys are going from basically hitting three home runs for their career to hitting 24 home runs in a given year, and we're talking about launch angle and everything like that, I mean, there does come a point in time where you're saying to yourself, you know, when, when... when Todd Frazier is hitting a one-handed home run <laughs> 12 rows deep at City Field and then quoting Eric Davis saying it's an old scoop shot, I mean, that is where you say to yourself, something was wrong with the baseball. Well, man, here in New York, this season began with super scientific deep dives into why no one could hit home runs at City Field. The Mets have, as I'm sure everyone has noticed, has moved, have, they moved the fences in. We had people testing, like, wind variations, the airports nearby. Is there some kind of weird wormhole in Queens? Like, that's why can't anyone hit home runs? And now this year, everyone was hitting home runs. And not just scraping the back of the wall. I mean, guys were crushing home runs in that ballpark this year. Agreed. But it wasn't wasn't the ball. No, it was not. How do you know? Just my belief. (laughs) Oh, okay. I just know. Well, just how do know. you know? I don't know why I know. I just believe it. I believe, ah. sir, you are misinformed. I'm going to tell my wife that next time we get into a fight. <laughs> I'll be like, she'll be like, why do you do that? I don't know. I just believe it. Well, why do you believe it? <laughs> I don't know. And then walk away. Stop with your valid questions. That won't go over well. No. Yeah, enjoy the couch. Yes. Yeah, couch? What do you mean? I'll be sleeping in the car. Hopefully a bear doesn't roll by. You got to move. Regardless of the current state of your house, Moose, you just need to get closer to the many places that you work. And I feel like society, like I, civilization. No, I agree with you. I live in a very wooded area. The yeah. other day, I'm walking out to the car at 4 o'clock in the morning. Sasquatch. No, I clearly hear an animal walking <laughs> in the leaves. And it's not a small animal. Like, it's not a squirrel or a chipmunk that's, like, it rustling. It was Taz. Like, I could see I, – I couldn't see anything. I didn't turn around and start to inspect or put my iPhone, like, light on to see what it was. But I could clearly hear some sort of animal striding in the woods. Chupacabra. And I hustled to my car right quick. Do you have some kind of whistle I, that you no, can blow no, or spray yes. on your <laughs> – nothing? What do you mean? If yeah. I ever blew a whistle, I'd wake up the entire house, yeah, my like wife would kill knuckles. me. I'd rather just... face the wild animal than my wife at that <laughs> That'd stage. That'd be great. <laughs> if I ever woke up my kids at 4 o'clock in the morning, 
I, I have a better chance again against a you know a brown bear uh, than I would against my wife at four. So not in worth the doing a one v one. I can hear your wife right now. The morning after you've been mangled by a bear, she's doing the local TV news interview. <laughs> did, did did Mark not call for help? Oh, he knows better. He knows better. We were sleeping. Right. <laughs> he knew that we couldn't be woken up. I'm glad he kept his quiet. Right. So exactly. <laughs> right. My, he's, my son's a family in man. deep REM sleep. <laughs> right. Like, woman, I've got three <laughs> five-year-olds. Exactly. <laughs> we sleep. <laughs> Even if it means daddy's in a wheelchair. Hey, two, two words. Insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Bogus? Oh, it's update time. Yes. I completely lost track of time. The NLCS is now three games old. The Cardinals... Have zero wins, two runs, 11 hits. At the very least, manager Mike Shield hoping for a good start in game four tonight. We got to play with the lead. We got to get the lead at some point in the series. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to win a game. You can't get a lead. Um, so we got to figure out a way to create some offense early in the game and um, be able to hold it there. Last night, at least, the cards weren't no hit for the most of the night. They just didn't score until the seventh inning. By that time, though, it was 8 nothing Nationals. They won 8-1. Now go for the sweep at their place tonight. Patrick Corbin and Dakota Hudson on the mound at 8 Eastern. First up today is Game 3 for the Yankees and Astros. They split in Houston. Luis Severino and Garrett Cole on the mound with first pitch at 4.08 Eastern. Aided by two more controversial calls, Aaron Rodgers led two fourth-quarter scoring drives to get his Packers past the Lions 23-22 at Lambeau on Monday Night Football. New head coach Matt LaFleur could get used to this. You never want to take that for granted, Just, but it's pretty remarkable what he's able to do out on that field and, and really give the guys confidence that we're going to get the job done. Rodgers' touchdown pass to Alan Lazard and Mason Crosby's game-ending 23-yard field goal came after Detroit's Trey Flowers was called for illegal hands to the face twice, which she didn't seem to be doing either time. It didn't help that the Lions kicked five field goals last night instead of scoring touchdowns. They had won their last four meetings with the Packers, including 31 nothing in their last trip to Green Bay. College football, Oregon tight end Jacob Breland done for the year with a left leg injury. Breland leads the 12th-ranked Ducks in catches, yards, and receiving touchdowns. And the Colorado Avalanche stayed perfect yesterday, 5-0, and a 6-3 win in Washington. Moose? All right, thank you, Andrew. We'll come back. We got the undercard stories we have missed during the today's show. Uh, you'll get the voice of Mike Biseglia. And we have to work on Bawami is going to make a CBS Sports Minute appearance on Friday. We'll have more details as the week unveils. But last week, we talked about Bawami. Basegula said, that'll never happen. I'll lose my job. Next thing we know, our PD is walking in saying, that's a great idea. is like, are you serious? Bilotti was like, Bawami, stoke the fires. Here we go. It's Taz of the Moose on a Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, that's right. Jackson bringing us out of break. It is Taz and the Moose. Bogish is in the house. Taz is off here on this Tuesday morning. He'll be uh, back with us on Friday, so Andrew will be filling in today, tomorrow, and Thursday morning. 855 212 4227. We thank all the calls earlier on the program. I was just asking Bogus during the course of the break do you think LeBron 
who had the comments yesterday, then went on Twitter last night, an hour after making that initial statement, to try and clear some things up. And it even led to more confusion. Then basically told someone I probably told LeBron, put the phone down, get off social media. Uh, you know, uh, head in the sand, uh, let's call it a day. Let's prep for Taco Tuesday. Correct. Yes, Taco Tuesday. Do you think Do you think LeBron addresses it again today? Uh, I do not. And I don't even know if they're supposed to be in the building today, the Lakers practice or whatever. But no, I, I, I think this is now radio silence for LeBron. In fact, I don't know that he ever talks about this again. He, you know, he may He's going to get asked about it. He, he may have to say something to try and just move forward um, and get away from it. But it's not going to be anytime soon. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what their schedule is today because he can't um, fix it. You know, what I mean, he can't. No, he, he can't, can't. re-clarify. Well, right, again. he can't put the toothpaste back in the in in the tube. So it's out. He made his initial statement. There's no way. You know the, you know the the fact of not understanding what it, you know misinformed is with Daryl Morey who went to MIT um, and talking about you know and then saying he knows nothing about the situation between Hong Kong and China. So he can't do. He can't rectify it. I yeah. I think you're probably right. I think he probably. I think he probably. If he if he gets asked about it again, I think he probably tries to uh, cut cut it off and basically said, "I've already addressed it. We're moving yeah, on." Yeah, I mean, the only thing he could do, and I don't know that how many people would actually buy it if he did it, was to go on a full like apology tour where he's like, "Listen, I, you know, I, listening back to what I said wasn't what I wanted to say, and I completely understand where I went wrong." in critiquing Daryl Morey in any way. I mean, he could he could try and, and just fall on his sword for this. But even that, I don't know that it matters because the people who don't want to like him, doesn't matter. Like, he, they're not going to accept his apology. Well, because don't you think people then would rightfully look at him and say he's apologizing because he's being painted right. in a bad light exactly. by, uh, in the media, and rightfully so, for how he handled right. it last night? And the people that, like, the people who are already on his side or who are usually on his side will move on from this. The people who are just, by default going to push back against anything he says yeah. are not going to accept his 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 apology. So even that I don't think would have any kind of real well, benefit to him. But Andrew, uh, you know, don't you think even the most and listen, I love LeBron. I, I do. I'm not saying that I'm not one of the I'm not one of these sycophants that are defending everything that he does and that he does no wrong, but you know, LeBron's a great player. Um now and he, and he's brought about and done a lot of stuff with his influence and his money and has affected people's lives in the positive. How do you def- – even if you're the most ardent supporter and defender of LeBron, how do you defend him on that? Like, what's the stance? Like, how, how exactly do you come out and say, you know, how do you defend what he said last night? Well, the, the stance in the handful of posts and tweets that I've seen since last night, this, the more common stance is like doing damage control for LeBron by saying that what he said last night doesn't take away – from what he has said about other important things in the past or things he might discuss in the future, that he's not compromised by what he said last night. And then pointing out, too, that people who are crushing LeBron today are just LeBron haters who are going to crush him no matter what, which is not not true. Is not true. And I don't think the first one is true either. I, I don't think you can disconnect what he said last night from the overall LeBron. Like, his points are still valid, on other topics, yes, I agree with that. So, like, so he doesn't he doesn't become like a liar, no, or those are not now to be disregarded. But we got a glimpse of also to you know where LeBron can defer to at times, like most other people, money, money, 
Right. Yeah. We saw that. We, we saw, saw him it. being, you know, selfish, greedy, looking out for himself in this situation. No doubt about it. All right, here we go. Let's get to it. The undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, the voice of Mike Pesaglia, go. All right, Moose, last week you had mentioned that you have CBS Sports Minutes coming up and a fill-in role duty, and that'll happen on Friday as well. Right, one minute. I made the joke that Bawami should help out because he's been on fire with his picks. You suggested, hey, why not? And it looks like that might happen. That is... Uh, that is going to happen. Uh, Bawami will make a special guest appearance uh, during my one CBS Sports Minute. I have the 150. Is that a Feinstein special? Mm, I don't know. That's a, late in the day. When does Jim Rome take over? I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm feeling someone's off this Friday. Mm-hmm. So uh, me and Bawami will, will come together uh, creatively, and we will come up with a CBS Sports Minute. So... Bawami, as you've heard from Coast to Coast, series at XM206 on Football Fridays, and also during the NCAA tournament or when picks are made, whenever we went, need Bawami to make a selection, he's there. This Friday, he's going to make a pick as well. He's going to, well, I shouldn't say a pick. We're not going to pigeonhole him. We're going to, our creative team, I got to get together with Bawami. We have a conference call Thursday and to see exactly how we want to bring him aboard. Yeah, and uh, many people are going to be on that conference call. Many of his representatives, I heard. His writing team? Yes. Yeah. Uh, writing team. So confused by all of this. Dialogue team. You know, Dialogue. He has a whole bunch of teams. His football team. His teams have teams. Operational teams. So he has the teams ready to go to talk to Moose on Thursday for this grand appearance on Friday. Yes. Uh, I- and he's really, he's really taking this very, very seriously. I can't wait. I mean, and Basegla's got his finger on the pulse because I think the quote last Friday was, if that happened, that'll be my last day here. Unbeknownst <laughs> to him, uh, the great David Marinick was listening at the time, walked in before we, as we were wrapping up the show, said, that's a hell of an idea. And Basegla's like, what? Have a good rest of the shows. <laughs> wait, so, so Bawami's going to do a sports minute? Will there, will there be a sports minute on Thursday or earlier Friday introducing America to Bawami? No, we've got – that's where the creative team has right. got to come together. It's one minute. It's an introduction and an unveiling of Bawami on the CBS Sports Minute platform. He's taken over. I mean, it's my belief that the sports minutes are the prized possession of CBS Sports Radio slash Entercom. You can, you can mess up a lot of things here and survive – if you mess up a sports minute, you're done. We're letting Bawami do one of these? Well, no, he's not gonna, Not in total. You're going to let Bawami be heard on a sports minute? Does America know about this? Yes, America does know about this. We, we discussed it. If you, had to dis- if you had to put a Mount Rushmore. I want no part of this. A Mount Rushmore of CBS Sports Radio. You'd start with Rome. Yeah. Right behind Rome would be Bawami. And then Rome again. Right. And then Rome. And then Rome's kids. No, not yet. Does he have kids? He does. Oh, he does. At least one who's at Wisconsin. Oh, okay. That nice. comes up often during the show. Great school. Yes. And then Brandon Christel. But just for the... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets for those of you don't remember, like that's a great line. Brandon worked here for like our first seven days the great and then Christelle. left. <laughs> oh, I, 2013. He still does Denver. Yeah, yes. he's still in Denver. I remember I met Brandon Christel at uh, NFL, Sirius XM NFL Radio. When I was doing, remember when Brandon Cristal was there? Yeah, of course. Yes, right. So I met him for the first time there, and then 
he, he was no longer working there. And then when they launched CBS Sports Radio, I remember talking to Spitz. And, um, and he's like, oh, we just hired a great producer, Brandon uh, uh, Crystal. And I go, oh, Crystal? He goes, why do you call him that? I go, it's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. I like Brandon. Which one? <laughs> he's a good guy. Crystal. But just for the record, I've got no part in this. When you when Bawami has the backlash of America, what do you think we're all going to get fired? We already got the okay from the PD. Mm. He gave us the a okay. All bets are off then. After that, well, well, listen, we'll do it. The dreaded vote of confidence from I the mean, owner. I mean, Mike, didn't we not get the okay from? We definitely got the, the go for it. Yes, official. I mean, Maybe the, he wants out. And here's the, his here's his way. We're in the clear. <laughs> Wasn't my idea. House Wasn't money. mine. Right. House money. I'm against this. Right. Uh, Malusis, we're going to have to let you go for the CBS Sports Minute that you brought. Who the hell is Bawami? <laughs> uh, Mike, Pete, great job across the way. Andrew, had a blast today, man. Have See you, you tomorrow, Malusis. See you tomorrow, brother. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. To Jim Leland for joining us earlier on in the program as well. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Till tomorrow. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.